Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Andrew, also known as the Cashflow King, joining us on this Thursday. And also, we're going to have Johnny Crypto joining us later in the episode, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing the breaking news that a Bitcoin spot ETF was approved in the USA yesterday, and we already have a billion dollars worth of trading volume happening on the stock trading platforms. But now the conversation is really expanding into the altcoins. We're going to break down Ethereum and Ripple XRP, or sorry, ETF discussions and how those are becoming more important than ever. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Andrew, I almost said Johnny Crypto. Johnny Crypto will be joining us very shortly, guys. But, Andrew Cashflow, we got some exciting news to talk about. How you feeling this morning? It, it's, an, it's an excellent day today. You know, it is so much news in the market. It, the, 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 there is a lot of volatility. I love it. You know, crypto market uh, excitement is back. So I'm, I'm looking forward to a great show and happy to be here, uh, Epps. Good morning, everybody. Good We're evening. happy to Good have afternoon. you, Andrew. And you know what's exciting is that we've talked about a Bitcoin product for a long time and the impact that it's going to have. Well, now it's playing out before our eyes. The speculation is almost behind us. And we already got 275 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we look at some of our daily movers this morning, it is green bubbles across the board. We've got most of the market up about 10%. Bitcoin up about 4% on the day. When we look at our total coin uh, Merlin market update this morning, we are sitting at $1.81 trillion in total coin market cap. Bitcoin is 51% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. And this is pretty significant, guys. The whole market across the board is up 7% on the daily chart. That's very, very significant. We got Bitcoin sitting at 46900 Ethereum this is what's so exciting. We moved more with Ethereum than we did with Bitcoin yesterday, going from about $2,200 to $2,600 based on the news alone. So very exciting there as well. Solana's 101, XRP is 60 cents. And we've also got Cardano trading here at 58 cents this morning. And guys, I just saw my main man, Johnny Crypto in the building. So first of all, Johnny, fix that microphone, my friend. How are you feeling this morning? And we'll jump into this thing. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there, Abs. I'm feeling good. My background's all messed up. The lighting's messed up, but it's all good. It doesn't matter. I'm still here. Hopefully, you're all doing well. And good morning there to my friend, or I should say good evening to our friend Andrew in the, in the in the Netherlands. Absolutely, Johnny. And let's get right into the news, guys. We already got 330 people here. Support this program. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thank you for joining us on this Thursday morning. Johnny, this is a historic episode. And we're going to break down exactly why. Because yesterday, this one's real. No hacks were involved. The SEC approved a spot Bitcoin product last night. And this is so exciting for one reason and one reason only. This changes the way that big money interacts with crypto. And this discussion starts with Bitcoin, but we're going to expand it into Ethereum, Solana, Cardano, XRP. You name the token, we're going to talk about it. And I've got a brand new video from Raul Paul that was discovered just yesterday, where he's talking about how Quant Network is a solution for interoperability. That's another massive update. But guys, Let's dive into this video out of Anthony Pompliano from this morning because Pomp, 
He was discussing some things that I think are important. The mindset behind the average investor is that they were staying away from crypto due to the education process. What happened yesterday? Financial advisors take on that burden. And with that being said, guys, let's hear what Pompliano and the men at CNBC had. Then we'll give our take. Here we go. When Bitcoin ETFs are going to begin trading today after the SEC approved their applications, the move overturned a decade of the regulators' opposition to the idea. Through what any of this means, though, when right pump will talk about it, but when when they finally say it's okay, maybe we've talked about it. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's over. Maybe the maybe all the people that got in early now say I'm gonna I'm gonna offload it to the sheep that can now get in with the ETF. Well, I think in the short term, there are clearly people who've been buying up in the last three months on Not the expectation but, of this. And the question right. is, no, longer term, maybe a very different story. Do the holders finally? Do holders ever sell? I don't know. I don't think holders ever sell, but I do think this is a historic moment in the sense of it's the first time that the internet and Wall Street, they've had this healthy tension for a couple of years, uh, even a couple of decades. And it's the first time Wall Street blinked, right? Think of it as an internet-based asset that now is being arms wrapped around it by Wall Street. And to your point, um, now that everyone can buy it, financial advisors are saying, okay, ETF, uh, regulators are on board. I'm going to go put it on everyone's portfolio. The volatility is going to drastically dampen from here. But then it could make the move to Andrew's currency that it's never been. They the point you can't you, you you don't want to buy a pizza for twenty five thousand dollars. Right. They said there's too much right. volatility for it to ever be transaction. Right. As a store value, maybe they said, but if it has no more volatility, maybe it turns into something. Well, I think like that. When I say no more uh, volatility, volatility is going to dampen. What I mean is, uh, over the last four years, Bitcoin has had a compound annual growth rate of over fifty percent. Then people are like, oh, that's unsustainable for four years. But if you go back over the last ten years, it's still been fifty percent compound annual growth rate. And so what I think will happen is it'll just start to taper off a little bit and. In the next five years or so, it'll be like 20%, which is still double what the right. stock That won't is. get the but it's just, $500,000, uh, though. Well, but the, I think what you're asking is a different question. Is it a financial asset? It appears to very much be a financial asset. Right. Does yeah, it become, right, it become transactional? Is it a currency? Yeah. That's in much higher. Ethereum might be some form of a currency. That's like, a lot more than Bitcoin today. My goodness, Johnny Crypto. They dropped us a bunch of gems in that clip. I'm going to give you the open floor. We'll kick it to cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to figure it out and wrap their heads around it. It's not even funny yet. But, you know, Pomp is right. That's what I've been saying. Now that the big boys have absorbed it in and taken it over, the volatility is going to go away. The times of, you know, swings and stuff that we've all, that you kind of enjoyed in the old, you know, in the bull runs. I, I think that that whole four-year cycle is in question now, right? I mean, I mean, everybody in the moment knew the Bitcoin was coming. Well, I almost everybody except Robin in our chat, who clearly said we were never getting the Bitcoin ETF, but it did come. It is here, Abs. But the reality is it is going to change the game because now, as he said, this is going to allow institutional money to come in. You're going to see this kind of thing level out and we're going to get more of a, you know, just more of a, it's going to be more of like a stock kind of asset over time. People are going to forget about it. But it is true where you kind of have finally brought this thing into existence. People are going to start hearing about crypto. Crypto and Bitcoin are going to become synonymous with one another and people are going to start hearing it. And then there's going to be all this confusion what 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 the, the host brought up. Like, is it a currency? Is it not a currency? That's another whole element of this thing that's in play here that's kind of a monkey wrench and different than the rest of stocks. Johnny Crypto, I, here's something that really stuck out to me about this whole thing is that when Bitcoin, people don't understand as this thing rises in price, the opportunity depreciates at the exact same rate. So even right now, if Bitcoin were to do X, do a two X, we need almost a trillion dollars worth of new capital to flood into Bitcoin to get to a hundred thousand dollars. So 
That doesn't happen without the institution. So this was inevitable, and this was basically priced in in some way. I also want to point out the fact that guys like Pompliano have never been advocates for currencies like Ethereum and Ripple, at at least last bull run, right? Because if you go back to 2017, Pompliano, I'm going to pull up a tweet, Johnny, actually. I just thought of this right now. Pompliano tweeted out in 2017 that he was an advocate for XRP in particular. And he said, if people are excited about Bitcoin, wait until they figure out what Ripple is building. That's a tweet I'm going to show live on air. But just to close this whole thing out, you talked about the inevitability of a Bitcoin product. Literally yesterday, you asked me, do you think it's ever going to get approved? So for a lot of people, it wasn't inevitable. This is breaking news. And I think the impact is yet to be seen. But Andrew, let's move on and get your opinion here, because I think there's a lot of people interested What's the short-term impact? What's the long-term impact? But let's start with your opinion. Okay. First of all, congratulations, everybody who was were waiting so long to get this Bitcoin ETF approved. I mean, it was a, a hassle. It was a long waiting game, but still it's, it's there. And Gary Gensler lost, you know, he had to do it. There was so much pressure on it. But um, let me tell you, explain a little bit. Why is it so important to have an ETF for the whole market? You know, there are four things that are important with an ETF or which is, which is an advantage. It's the accessibility. You know, everybody can get Bitcoin now in a much easier way. You get exposure to Bitcoin yeah, and, and closely track the, 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 the price movements. It is regulated and the storage and the security is taken away from you. And that's why it is so much easier to to yeah to to hold it and to get uh, and to use it, you know. Um, the, the 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 guy the guys in the video they said yeah the volatility will damp out and uh, the volatility will go away. Look look at a normal stock. Look at Tesla. You know, in two years Tesla make an, a rise of two thousand five hundred percent. You know, and that's a normal, actually, a normal company, a normal stock. So that is also a huge price movement. You know, and if if Bitcoin would do a 2,500%, I would be pretty happy. And if that's not volatility, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I'm happy the, the Bitcoin ETF is here. And, uh, and let's go from there. And let's see what is the next ETF. And I'll maybe I'll later I'll, I'll talk with, to you what the market is currently anticipating for the next ETF. And that's a conversation we're going to have later on in the episode. But Johnny, do me a favor, mute that bad boy, because I'm about to kick it to you and we don't need it to go off anymore. But let's break down this article from Gary Gensler. As the SEC's chairman, Gary Gensler, gave a warning about the Bitcoin ETF approval, of course, his agency was forced to approve this, guys. And this is something interesting that played out over the last couple of weeks is, first of all, Gary Gensler approved this yesterday. There was an SEC vote that was three to two. Gary Gensler, Hester Pierce, and one other commissioner approved this new product while two SEC commissioners today still voted no, Johnny, which is unbelievable. They must be connected to Jamie Dimon. But let's break down this article right here, (laughs) and then we're going to kick it straight to you. So Gary said a couple of powerful things after the approval yesterday. SEC Chair Gary Gensler's statement about Bitcoin following the spot Bitcoin ETF approval. He issued a statement clarifying the regulator's stance on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general. Today, the commission approved the listings and trading of a number of spot Bitcoin exchange products as well as shares. Circumstances, however, have changed. The commission failed to adequately explain its reasoning in disproving the listing in trading of Grayscale's proposed ETF. Remember, guys, this all started with the Grayscale lawsuit. 
If they, but I'll, I'll just continue reading and then we'll talk about it. Based on these circumstances, I feel the most sustainable path forward is to approve the listing and trading of these spot Bitcoin exchange traded product shares. Officially this morning, Grayscale began trading as well as 11 other issuers began trading on the NASDAQ, New York Stock Exchange, and the CBOE. But Gary emphasized this, Johnny, and this is where I'm going to kick it to you. He said this should in no way signal the commission's willingness to approve listings in standards for crypto asset securities. The SEC's chief emphasized that the approval does not signal anything about the commission's views as to the status of other cryptocurrencies under the federal securities law or about the current state of non-compliance of certain crypto asset market participants with the federal securities law. So again, they like to make things confusing. He's just saying basically every single project is a security in his eyes, unless somebody can make a case for it not being a security. As As I've stated in the past, said Gary Gensler, and without prejudging any one asset, the vast majority of crypto assets are investment contracts and thus subject to federal laws. Floor is yours, Johnny Crypto, because I think those are two contrary narratives that's why i wanted to read through that very long article well i'll summarize it for you very simple here's what he's saying he's saying you know guys bitcoin you're happy to play with it go ahead you can do it everything else we're still coming after nothing's changed we're coming after everything because you know the the, his 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 other his his higher ups have decided yet that the rest of the market is in play um so what they're saying is hey we're gonna play we're gonna wrap our hands around bitcoin now they got it they have control of it right and we've said, we've told you this was coming. We've been saying on this show for a year and a half that the big boys are here now. The big boys are here to play. They're putting their hands in the sandbox and then they're going to milk it and they're going to make a shit ton of money. And that's why we created Merlin. So you can go and get the hell out when they're pumping this stuff and make some money as well and put it in your pockets, right? That's what's happening. Let's just understand it very, very clearly. We know they hate Bitcoin. We know they don't like it, but it doesn't mean they're not going to profit off of it. Of course they're going to. They're going to take something they don't want, and they're going to take control of it. And they did. And there was nothing anybody could have done to stop it. Anybody who thought they could, it wasn't. You just have to learn how to profit off this stuff. And Gary just told you, it's not over. The war still continues. But in this one app, but now look at the word. You see the word on the screen? See the word on the screen? Crypto stocks. What you, can stop you, right here. you can stop right there. That's it. Yeah, what I tell you? No one Bitcoin, knows what you're talking about, man. Bitcoin, what are you is, not, Bitcoin is now going to be synonymous with crypto. The, 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 the masses are going to be subliminal program. There's the word crypto. They didn't say Bitcoin. It doesn't say Ethereum. It says it says crypto. So you're going to see that the world is now going to be, you know, what's the word? You know, subliminal program woken up, uh, 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 introduced to crypto through this. And soon, all your friends and family, when they start seeing that right there, they're like, hey, you know that thing you were, because CNN just told you it's okay. Fox News told you it's okay to buy now. Even now, more important is the prices are pumping. So when prices are high, that's when retail decides to enter, which is course. ironic. You, you have no idea. They're going to dump on retail masses like they've never dumped before. you know. But the reality is just make sure you have an exit plan. Make sure you're not one of their exit liquidities. Understand how the game is played. Join the 3G Academy if you want, because all this stuff we talk about all the time. Andrew's got a course, too, on how to play this game. So the reality is, Abs, anybody who wants to learn and doesn't want to be exit liquidity and wants to actually make money in this market, boy, there's a ton of money to be made right now. Whether you like it or not, the big boys are in it, and now they know tokenization is coming next, and that this they're just planting the seeds as we continue to build a new market, it won't be a stock market. It'll be all called a crypto market. 
And that'll be, like, as Kevin O'Leary said, the 12th sector of the economy. And you'll see them manipulating the shit out of it, just like they do stocks. But there will be money to be made if you know how to play the game. Absolutely, guys. And Andrew Caswell, sorry to keep you waiting, my friend. I'm going to kick it straight to you, and we're going to get into this Fox News clip because yesterday we addressed that in 2024, the mass marketing campaign for crypto, the biggest campaign we will ever see, starts this year. And I think these types of conversations are a great example of that. Even people like Anthony Pompliano said, when Bitcoin ETF products are launched, that means companies like Fidelity, BlackRock, uh, Grayscale, they're going to start marketing these products. We're going to see commercials. We're going to see these things at sporting events. So I think that wave is yet to begin. But what do you take away from the ETF news before we talk about the next phase of this conversation, which involves bridge assets like XRP? Yeah, you know what I already said? It is great news. And, and the way, remember the way how they make money. They make money actually in two ways. Because those, those the 11 parties, they already have a ton of Bitcoin in their pockets already. And when they did buy it, several months ago, when the price was low. So if you buy it now, they already sell it to you because they bought it cheap and now they, they, they sell it uh, expensive to you. But that's not everything. They also make a lot of uh, fees when you when you buy and sell. And 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 last but not least, what, what Johnny already said, there is there will be such a lot of marketing. And you know, things that you hear over and over and over again you will start believing it and and the, the the narrative they will give to you is yeah bit you know bitcoin is good yeah you need to have bitcoin it is the future you know which which is true but then a lot of people when will they buy in yeah unfortunately when the price is high and that that is so sad so you know you have to wait for for pullbacks you know join my course andrewcashflow.com and i'll, I'll explain you everything there's a program where, where you, you you make money on, on a consistent basis. And I really want to, to, to teach the people and to help the people to become profitable on a consistent basis. And that's not reacting on the news, but reacting on the non-news. And, you know, and that's what yeah. you need to know and, uh, and go from there. So, but still, I think it's a memorable, memorable day today. And I'm happy that it is uh, yeah, uh, approved today. And you know what's interesting, Andrew, and another thing I took away from that CNBC conversation with Pompliano was that they discussed how typically with this types of with this type of news, it's buy the rumor, sell the news. But they were saying that this is different because everyone was anticipating that. If you talk to the average retailer, the average you know crypto investor right now, they thought that most of this is priced in. We're going to see a big pullback in the next couple of weeks. Well, that's what we can get into in the second part of this episode. But I think we should get into some XRP and bridge asset conversations now. This is a clip that Mr. Intuitive put out on his Twitter at BlackBerry XRP here. And he's talking about how on Fox Business Today, they're discussing how the next phase for these institutions, they need a bridge asset. They need something that's cheap. They need something that's instantaneous. And they definitely need something that's more reliable than the system that exists today. We got 609 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and listen to this episode. Let me know what you think in the live chat. Here we go. Uh, no, I would agree because we haven't yet made the jump where there is institutional buy-in. Uh, and I like to use the example, if uh, the Bank of Mitsubishi in Toko, Tokyo needs to transfer $100 million worth of yen to the New York branch and convert it to dollars, you need $100 million worth of yen in Tokyo and $100 million worth of dollars in New York. You're tying up $200 million in capital. If you can attach that to a coin, it's simultaneously so the bank frees up half the capital. That's a big deal. But we haven't made that jump yet. Yeah, but it, it looks like it's coming, isn't it? I think so. Okay. 
Not only does it look like it's coming, it exists today, people. And we're talking about Ripple. That could have been a pitch for a Ripple commercial right there, but Johnny Floorjars. No, that's a hundred percent right. At the end of the day, <laughs> it was like, hey, you want to hear what's put on the rails? Boom, you'll have it in three seconds. But uh, you know, that's where you're gonna start to see innovation come in as innovation will come in. This thing is now here to stay, and hopefully. As as is as, as it's not great that you don't want the elites taking control of the stuff. The good news is maybe you'll see some innovation coming out of it. Maybe you'll see them opening up the doors to be able to say, okay, this thing's here. Now we have to figure out how do we use this thing? How do we how do we leverage it? How do we take advantage of building it? You know, because next thing they're talking about already is talking what they were talking about Ethereum, right? And then they're going to start talking about there's on the screen crypto place. What do we got there? Uh, you know what's so funny, Johnny, is that even in that, and I keep going back to the Pompliano interview. What did he say about Ethereum? He goes, "Oh, we don't know about Bitcoin, but Ethereum looks like more of a currency." Yeah. What, what are you talking about? That's that's a regurgitated opinion because a CNBC analyst is either purposefully misinforming people or he hasn't done the research and he's deferring to somebody higher up. And I think that's the case there. Yeah, but there is also something else happening at the moment. There is an awareness process going on. Because a lot of people never thought about crypto. And guys, think about yourself. When we started in crypto many years ago, how difficult was it to understand to, uh, to understand blockchain, to understand wallets and all that kind of stuff? And then first you have to understand the basics. And then you can think about, hey, this can be done. This can be done. And now this guy was talking about the cross-border payments where we normally have XRP, you know, that, that's designed for it. But he starts realizing, hey, some interesting stuff can be done. So I think we need to give the world and, and the elites also the time to wrap their head around this new technology. And then step by step, the, the, the applications will follow. And I'm sure then the, the utility will follow. And then the price increase will follow. So, you know, guys, give it a little bit of time. This is an important step. And we are many steps are are, are, are yeah, will be a uh, will be a cure in the future, and, uh, and you know you also eat an olive an elephant only one bite after the other. So, Absolutely, yeah. Andrew. You run a marathon one step at a time, as they say. And you know what's pretty cool is that this morning, based off the spot ETF approval, we saw something very interesting. USDC is IPOing in the United States. The company Circle, responsible for the stablecoin USDC, is going to be IPOing on the New York Stock Exchange or at least they filed to do so this morning. But I want to talk about a couple more XRP-related topics before we move on. And this was another clip we saw from earlier this week before they even approved the Bitcoin product in the USA. This CNBC analyst said a Ripple ETF and an Ethereum ETF could soon follow a spot Bitcoin ETF approval. And the reason is, guys, once they approve a Bitcoin product, they're going to have a very difficult time denying altcoin products that have similar characteristics. That's what we're going to watch right here, and we'll discuss here we go. You're all clear. You can start trading on Thursday. How soon before you turn around and try to make other spot products for different crypto assets? You know, I think we're going to see a lot of filings come out for uh, Ethereum. I even think we might see something for Ripple, given uh, the recent progress. Uh, you notice that Grayscale just added Ripple to one of their trusts is publicly traded. So it wouldn't surprise me if we saw Ripple or Ethereum spot ETFs out there. You're all clear. You can start trading. And I think we're absolutely going to see that. But check out this next clip, which came the following day, guys, because we haven't shown you this one yet. This is another update from Bloomberg discussing a Ripple ETF. Also, remember, it's going to be a watch tomorrow. Yeah. These questions will start pouring in. First, is Grayscale and the other crypto focus issuers going to start looking at other crypto assets? 
Ethereum. We're operating at the we're looking at Ripple ETFs already, for example. Also, there you have it, Johnny Crypto. I just wanted to play those two clips back to back because I think it's relevant that these types of conversations are entering the mainstream like Bloomberg. That's an older demographic. We talk about the baby boomers very often because they're the richest generation right now. Floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, no, no, go ahead, Abs. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was trying to adjust the stupid camera. No, that's okay. Floor is yours. But no, they're 100% right. I and mean, we've been saying this for a while on the show. It, I, like, It's amazing how, how accurate we've been on the show. And we have no inside information. We're just paying attention. We're monitoring, right? And we're wrong, too, from time to time. It happens. We're human. But we've told you this was coming. And we told you the next thing is get ready to start looking for baskets of these things. I mean, I think the Ethereum one will come next. You know, will you get a couple standalone ones, like maybe an XRP one? Definitely probably a Solano one, maybe. But I think you're going to see, like, Grayscale did it, Abs. Just look at Grayscale. I think they had the model right. They're going to come out. They're still at 1.5%, huh? Those idiots. They're, they're going to come out. People are going to come out like what they did. You're going to see a basket. You're going to see... A gaming one. I think you're going to see a smart contract one. I think you're going to see a bunch of these different ones, the more popular ones. And don't be surprised at one point if somebody comes out with a DGen one or a meme one, like you're throwing Pepe and Doge and all these other useless coins that have no value because the big boys don't care whether it has value or not. All they care about is putting products out there to take your money. Just understand that, and then you know how the game is played. And But, I, yes, I think we're going to see a bunch of these things coming. Now it's all over the news, so get ready. His abs, in about a year, all your friends are going to say, damn, bro, how did you know this was coming? You're a genius. What do I buy? What do I get into? And it's going to be like, dude, you're too late, man. You missed the boat. <laughs> you know. But if you want to be my exit liquidity, sure, I can tell you what to buy. But, you know, you're going to get dumped on. Like, don't get me wrong. There's going to be new things coming in. And there will always be new opportunities. But the old stuff, you know, the stuff that we've been in, we're like the OGs in this. You may not be able to buy, you know, two, three years from now. You may not be able to buy the stuff that we were able to buy for the price we bought. And the reality is, Johnny, I just don't care anymore. There was a couple of years ago where I would have been super excited about that. Like I was trying to get other people excited about crypto. I realize it's a losing battle, guys. You got to wait for people to, to organically come to you and then you can hopefully point them in the right direction. But you know what's interesting? We got to discuss this topic that we broke down earlier this week because David Schwartz responded to me yesterday. And I think there's a lot that needs to be said, not only about my initial tweet, but about David Schwartz's response in and of itself. We got 668 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And today, this is going to be an interesting episode because we started off talking about the correlation, sorry, how Bitcoin spot ETF was approved. Now we're going to talk about the correlation between XRP and XLM's price chart. And this was a response that David Schwartz put out yesterday. So before we even get into the Twitter thread, I wanted to give our listeners exactly what they probably came for which is the data that we're going to be analyzing, Johnny. And as you can see, this is a logarithmic scale. I don't feel like you know exactly what that means, correct? Logarithmic, right? Perfect. So what that means is he's showing the correlation, David Schwartz is, because he's the one who tweeted this out, of the movement in percentage of these assets. So what's really interesting is you're looking at this and you're saying, well, XRP and, XL and XLM's prices aren't the same. No, but their percentage gains over a certain period of time have been so similar Many people are wondering what algorithm is controlling these two currencies. And David Schwartz did respond yesterday stating he can't figure it out either. And we're going to break that down. But Johnny, before we get into the hard facts, I'd like to get an opinion from you. When you look at this as a quote unquote regular investor, right? As somebody who doesn't study the charge 24 seven, is this something that you believe could apply to all cryptos? Because there's a couple of responses where they're like, you could paste this on Bitcoin and look the same. I very much disagree. 
Or do you think it's a situation where there is some sort of a manipulation, an algorithm, a similarity in the way that these tokens are valued? And that's what's driving this because we're going to talk about it later in the show. But before we provide the facts, I want to get some opinions. You know, Abs, at the end of the day, there obviously, look, if you look at that chart, it's highly correlated. There's no question about it. Uh, if you were to apply that over, uh, you know, uh, BTC or something else, you probably would see it be close but different. Um, there is no question that those two are like brother and sisters or twins. They, they're they just connected at the hip right now. I don't know the exact reason why. The thing I kind of continue to attribute it to is probably just the mere fact that the two are in the same space and they do the same exact thing. Um, and they're literally almost, you know, the same, same developer developing both. So I do think that for that reason, you see these things have not decoupled yet. And I think the only way you're going to see a decoupling is if one gets adopted or some kind of crazy different narrative happens that would drive it to kind of break apart. Otherwise, you know, I think they're going to be tied abs for a while together at the hip. Um, but abs, be careful what you say, because all of our folks now think that you're rich. <laughs> you don't care to worry about Listen, if I'm rich, I'm waiting on a paycheck from myself, baby. That's a matter of fact. But guys, we almost got 700 people here. Let us know in the live chat which asset you think is going to perform better in 2024. Just put a one in the live chat if you think XRP is going to perform better. Put a two in the live chat if you think XLM is going to perform better in the calendar year of 2024. But let's get into some of this evidence from David Schwartz here, Johnny, because he put out something that I found very interesting about the correlation in XRP and XLM's price chart. And you know what's really funny is that he's very comfortable addressing this information. So I want people to keep that in mind while we go over this. Ripple CTO says he doesn't, I don't believe evil forces make XRP and XLM track each other. The Ripple CTO dismissed the notion of the deliberate external forces causing a correlation between XRP and XLM. Schwartz argued that the token prices are largely rational with all foreseeable factors already incorporated into the existing price. He pointed out that the prices of most digital assets tend to move in tandem, and he made the connection between digital assets and Coke and Pepsi. So let's get into this quote right here, and then we're going to go into some user data. First of all, he published this tweet, and this was the tweet that he put out in response saying, look at guys, XRP is not moving worse than the market. It's moving very similar to many of these other projects. And I'm just going to pull up some correlated data. Here we go. So what did he say here, Johnny? First, the chart is both XRP and XLM over the past month. Second, the chart is XRP and Cardano over the past month. This is in response to a user saying, XRP price is awful. Someone is heavily dumping. And remember, this all started with the Twitter thread about December Ripple dumping 240 million XRP. So he said, the first chart is both Ripple and XLM laid on top of one another. We can see the shocking correlation here. And even look at this price drop. The lines are so correlated that they overlap one another in this wick. Very interesting. Yeah. What? Look at what David did here as well. He pointed out that the correlation between Cardano and XRP over the past four weeks has been shockingly similar. Well, David, the interesting thing about the data that you provided is it only tracked the last four weeks. So let's just live on air, go check out Cardano's last four months, and we'll just compare that to XRP, right? Just for the fun of it, Johnny Crypto, because just in the last couple of months, we've seen Cardano go from 24 cents to what happened here, 68 cents. And today we're currently trading still at 58 cents in value. XRP during that exact same time has done what? Let's go check it live on air. And then I'm going to kick it straight to you for some comments. XRP is trading at 59 cents this morning. What was it trading at four months ago? Let's check the data here, guys. And according to the data, XRP at its bottom was 58 cents. It is now only 10 cents above its price target. So 
He was very selective with his data. David Schwartz. Oh, did I lose you guys? Am I on mute? Uh, yeah, I accidentally clicked the mic button. I was going to say, uh, floor is yours, Johnny. What did you think of the correlation and everything I just outlined? All right, keep those fingers away from the, the mic button, all right? But Fair, uh... fair enough. <laughs> No, it's all good, my friend. No, you're out. You're, that, that's exactly what should be done is compare the long term chart over the chart, put them on top of each other. And obviously, the example you gave, if it's only 10 cents different, right, versus a three. I mean, Cardano did a 3x. I think you said 20 to 60, right? Or somewhere in that ballpark. 24 cents to 68. Yeah. So two and a half cents, right? So if that's a two and a half, and that's cents, two and a half x change, right? 250% versus. 10 cents up, which is about a 20%. It's not even close. We're talking a 10x different. If you plotted the charts on top of each other, they wouldn't even look the same. So, you know, and I love, don't get me wrong. I mean, I even got the shirt on. You know, I, lo I love Ripple and I love the CTO there. But the reality is you, you, you obviously can make any narrative you want when you're very selective in the in the story that you pick or the data that you show, right? I can make, and then I'm in the engineering world. I can make data look however I want it to look, right? You can show parts, ignore parts, but it, but to be fair, you got to look at it all, look at it holistically. And what you should do is you should reply back to him and put the Cardano chart on top of that. Of course, you'll probably piss him off even more, but you could do that. Be like, yo, man, it's not the same, you know, and, and kind of keep the it depends. I'm not feeling too violent this morning. I'm feeling like <laughs> you're, a not calm, feeling too, you're not feeling too challenging today against David. <laughs> no, but let me say one more thing before I kick it right back to you and Andrew here, because this person responded and he said, LOL, imagine the audacity to tell XRP holders that digital asset prices, most of them move together while XRP is missing out on the market again. And we just okay. showed you the evidence. We can compare it to Solana. Ethereum, yep. Yep. Bitcoin, any other asset besides XLM. Well, what was David's response? Look at XLM slash XRP. I mean, that's yeah. that's intentional. Floor's yours, and then we're going to Andrew. Of course, hundred percent. He's a. You think he's a dumb man? That's a smart man up there, man. He got a big brain up there. He's no, but let's talk about what. He, why do you think he's doing this? Why do you think he's not addressing the the question? He's actually putting him down with basically. I think maybe he's defending his company. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's a, but the reality is the guy was right in there. I mean, let's face it. XRP has been like a stable coin. Okay. I got, when I got in this thing in 2021, or when I started getting in, in, you know, introduced to crypto, I remember the first day I was even introduced to heard about XRP. I went to look at it. It was around 63 cents, 63, 64 cents. It was somewhere in that range. Right. And then thankfully I didn't buy. And then the, the, well, thank you, Gary Gensler. He sued that thing and dropped that so much. I'm like, I'm getting in. But the reality abs is this. It was like 62 cents then. And four years later, it's still 62 cents. It's the best stable coin I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, you could have made some profits on the way up and down. But it is, it is flat and it is frustrating. There are a lot of people. There are a lot of holders in XRP that are getting frustrated. And that are getting weaker, weaker hands. And I'm talking about not only just people, but influencers as well. I've seen that some influencers already changed their name. They used to have, you know, something XRP or XRP something else. or And like XRP Miami, she dumped it all, bought Quant, became XRP Quant. The reality is people have gotten frustrated because this narrative has been out there since 2017. And they've expected this thing to do way more than it has. And instead, it can't find money. It, oh, let me rephrase it. It can't attract new money. You said it earlier. You said for Bitcoin to double, we need another trillion dollars, right? Now, there's a possibility we're going to get it because you're going to have all these ETFs coming in. There's a mechanism to drive in liquidity. XRP is not sexy enough right now. It hasn't drawn the liquidity or you know the narratives aren't sexy enough to drive money into it. And until something changes, you know, you know who knows? 
Are we going to go? Will, but here's the one thing I will say for now. You know, it's been kind of sad. But I do think in this next bull run, because we know how the bull runs work, money comes in, money comes out. It's a rotational, it's a rotational effect. They go in, they go out, they go in, they go out, right? I do think money will flow into to, to, to XRP and we will get a bump. We will get one. The question this time around will be how high? Last time we got the two bucks, right? You could argue that the narrative was there of the lawsuit. People were worried. I don't know. But this time around, that narrative's gone. So when this rotational effect comes around and money comes in, I'm keeping my my, <laughs> my eyes on it, my finger on the sell button, baby. I got my exit plan, and I'm going to definitely profit on some of it. Uh, but I've also got my long-term bags, too, because, well, you all know the Amazon 1997 story, and that has never happened again to me. Thank you, guys. And we got 722 people here. Show us some love and smash that like button. Andrew Cashflow, I don't want to spend too much more time on this thing. Johnny Crypto said a lot, but why don't you give us some opinions, and then we'll move on. Yeah, um, I, I was listening so to the story and I think, what would I think as an investor about this? You know, and I agree, we have to take profits. But as there is a saying, if, if water is coming into the harbor, all ships rise. And and that's true. So, you know, and I really want to, 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 to give you a warning that as soon as you take profits and you make a decent amount of profits, don't think that you immediately want to invest that money in another crypto because that other crypto yeah that might also be uh, gone up but just you need to wait a couple of months and the whole market will drop down you know after the after the boring the whole market will drop down so if you move all your profits in smaller coins which a lot of uh, influencer tell you, yeah, first Bitcoin goes and then other smaller coins uh, will go, which is true, but not as high anymore. So what, what I want to say is be very careful with reinvesting your profits. Better is to reinvest your profits in another asset class. For example, move them to stocks, gold and silver, or move them into real estate, which give you a, a decent income. That's why my second name is uh, Cashflow. From cash flow, you can live. You can pay your living uh, living expenses, and that's where you need to go to. But making a quick buck and then from from Bitcoin jump from Bitcoin to another coin to another coin, in the end everything will drop, and and you will regret it. So think also about, of course, an exit plan, but also an entry plan for other coins that you yeah be aware what what can happen. So I, I hope I'm, I made made it a little bit clear. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense, guys. And we talked a lot about how Bitcoin could have been a buy the rumor, sell the news situation, but there's just so much institutional demand that's ready to enter this market. It's not going to be that way. I don't, I, this is a speculation, obviously. I don't see any short term pullbacks. And there's a lot more people who are much better at this than me, but I just don't see where it's going to come from. Bitcoin looks like it's going to surpass 50,000 at least in the next four weeks. And the way that these assets move, is volatility creates opportunity. We showed the Pompliano video where he talked about as more money comes into this market, volatility is going to diminish and that's going to add validity to Bitcoin. I mean, I disagree. As somebody who's here to make money, I like the volatility. I want assets that have the ability to double and triple over a short period of time, which is 24 months in my opinion. We're not talking a couple of weeks here, guys. But we got to talk a little bit about Raul Paul's latest video as well because this man, he's been a longtime supporter and endorser of currencies like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and now XRP. Well, we can add one more token to that network as Quant is the next token that he's endorsing in this video. 
This is him stating that Quant Network is the solution to interoperability. Let's listen to what Raul Paul has to say, and then we'll comment. Here we go. Big development is people saying, we'll build a layer that allows all of these things to work together. That's interoperability. It's one of the key features of the internet and what made the internet so successful. That is coming in crypto, and it's coming fast. We've seen on Real Vision Crypto things like Quant Network. These things are huge because they allow different things to move around across. Big development is people saying, well, Oh, we lost it, Abs. Anyone who's followed this program for a long time knows that we've discussed the foundation of Quant being important because of Gilbert Verdian, their founder. Relationships are everything in this market. And if Ethereum and Solana don't prove that, I don't know what does. But before I kick it over to Johnny and Andrew, look at this latest stat out of um, out of the Hashdex smart contract platform. They just added Quant Network to their index and they manage just under $1 trillion in client funds. This is a company not a lot of people are familiar with, guys, but they have just under a trillion in customer assets. These are the handful of tokens that they offer on their index, Quant Network, Algorand, ATOM, and a couple of others that I don't feel like going over. But Johnny, I think it's very significant that Raul Paul is not only an endorser of Quant Network, he's, he's underlying the uh, solution that it provides. The interoperability is what gets him excited. Quant Network's just the best product. Yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, what have I told you, Abs? You know, the thing that enabled the, the internet to really solidify itself, take off and be actually useful was the fact that it could actually work together with each other, right? And the reality is you need things to have communication. You need things to be able to, to you don't want to have a, a silo effect, right? You don't want to have these different blockchains out there operating and not talking to each other. And as we've said on the show many times, Link and Quant, are out there looking to solve that problem. And so we're really excited for that perspective because now we know going forward, you now have a, this market has been, what's the word, somewhat legitimized, okay? The technology is here to stay. Everybody's going to start talking about it now. We've already known the blockchain behind the scenes is going to be, is being adopted in patents everywhere <laughs> about blockchain technology. But how are you going to enable them so they become useful for real world adoption? Well, my friend, if they can speak to each other, that's certainly going to help. And Lincoln Quant are going to be solutions to help do that. And look at what the evidence is telling us here, Johnny. These ETFs are a big deal. And a futures product is different than a spot for one reason and one reason only. These institutions will go out and hold Bitcoin on their balance sheet. That is humongous. We're going to see companies all around the world. Why would an Apple hold a little bit on their balance sheet. Why wouldn't Microsoft go and purchase a little cryptocurrency and get some exposure? That's what we're going to witness over these next couple of years. But look at the historical comparison here. Gold compared to Bitcoin, the introduction of the first gold ETF in 2003 led to a surge in price from $330 to about $1,800 with the total gold ETF under management reaching $105 billion during that time. Well, crypto has an even better advantage, accessibility, mass marketing. Everybody owns a cell phone and everybody can purchase crypto. You couldn't do the same for gold back in 2003. So I'm going to defer to you. And we'll yeah, go but let me, but hold on, slow the train. Let me, let me kind of add some, some different, a different perspective here. Pull that chart up, Abs. So the one thing I want to caution everybody about was gold. It's important that everybody understands the role of gold. And while Abs, I'm not disagreeing with you, I do believe that the ETF certainly helped enable the price of gold to go up. You have to understand that gold by the world is used as a hedge in an inflation 
Uh, I'm sorry, in, uh, hedge against inflation. And so back in when that happened, uh, what, what was the year on that? What was the trigger year? And that was around 2003. 2003, yep. Yeah, I remember at the time, right, you were in diapers, or maybe you, maybe you, you might have been out of diapers but still had the pacifier. But I remember that there was talk all the time that, hey, get ready, it's time to start buying gold because they were inflating the dollar like crazy. They were spending a lot of money. And so because of because of the 2001 bus. So I remember them saying, you know, that this is the time to start shifting into gold. So, you know, just remember that part of that pump that you see there is the fact that you've got the printing. You know, you, you kind of need to put the M money supply, the printing presses. You have to kind of overlay the printing presses on top of the gold chart to kind of really get a trick to, to extract that out of there. Because that there's a big effect there because of that. But some of that effect also had to do the fact that now it was easier for anybody to get access to, to, to gold. Because if you wanted to own gold back then, you had to do one of two things. You had to, you know, get your ass off the chair and go down to the coin shop and go buy gold bars or cold gold coins. Or maybe you were lucky and maybe they had, maybe they didn't at that time have gold where you could buy on the internet, but it was hard to buy gold right now. Once that came, it made it easier and that's going to drive it up. But I don't want everybody to think that, Oh, okay. We're going to get the same kind of effect you know, that whatever that was 10 X that happened there because all of a sudden you have an ETF. I don't think the full 10 X was due to the ETF. A good chunk of that was due to inflation or an inflation hedge. Now you could make the argument. Well, Johnny, people are using Bitcoin as a store value and hedge against inflation. Well, that's what we're going to see. We don't know if that is true and people just drop gold and say, Hey, I'm just going to use Bitcoin as a hedge of inflation. Then yeah, then you could maybe make the argument that we may get the full 10 X over time. The reality is nobody knows but I just I just wanted to throw that point in there because gold is used for more than, you know, the, the hedge of inflation is a big element. And think about this, Johnny. I think it's much more rational when you put it in these types of terms. If Bitcoin's going to do a 10x, that means it has to be worth $10 trillion in total value. That's a huge number. And I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think it's a long road to get there. The evidence does speak for itself. ETFs create new demand. They allow big companies to purchase these assets. And that's why this is such a big deal, guys. But we got 660 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is something that I found this morning to be very interesting because this is the Chamber of Digital Commerce explaining how she has removed or these ETFs remove the learning curve for the average everyday investor. Let's get into it. Here we go. How important will this Bitcoin ETF actually be? This is an incredible and historic moment for Bitcoin for a number of reasons. For one, it took 10 years to get here. For over 10 years, Bitcoin funds have been working to bring spot Bitcoin ETFs to market, and they were blocked for over a decade. It literally took the industry taking the SEC to court. The industry won, which really paved the way and forced the SEC's hand for the approvals that we're expecting today. So just to overcome that incredible journey of the SEC being charged with being arbitrary and capricious and really bringing to light that they've discriminated against Bitcoin as an asset class is one important victory, but also what's so important about spot Bitcoin ETFs.
ETFs is it allows for Bitcoin to be accessible to so many more people. ETFs are one of the most popular investment vehicles for both retail and institutional investors. Over $7 trillion are in, invested in ETFs currently. Uh, now people will be able to get exposure and be able to allocate to the best performing asset in the market today and doing it with the support and the advice of their financial advisors. And that's what I love, Johnny. The financial advisors are now going to be taking on the risk that the retail investor had to take on. Very exciting. Why don't you close this out while we go into some new topics? I mean, listen, if anybody thought that the retailer was going to control crypto, you need to have your head examined, guy. You don't understand how the world works. You just don't. I mean, listen, the big boys have now control of BTC, which we always knew was going to happen. It's graduated out of the hands of the geeks into the elites. So they have control of it, just like they have control of everything else. That was inevitable. It was going to happen. But she's right, Abs. She's spot on 100%. This takes away the learning curve. Nobody has to go figure out how do I get set up a wallet? How do I set up a, how do I set up a Coinbase account? How do I get KYC? None of that shit's happening. All that's a pain in the ass, and nobody has to worry about it. All the all the old money, all the older generation, the boomers, most of them, a good chunk of them, where by the way, most of the money is, they're just gonna go if they if they want exposure. And and, and a lot of them are gonna get phone calls from financial advisors to get exposure. They're just gonna say, Yeah, buy the ETF. That's it. No question about it that it's coming in and they're gonna pump this this home bitch like they never pumped it before. You know, I think you're gonna see, you know, you're especially after the having. Now remember this, Abs. There's 900 new Bitcoins made a day. After April, there'll only be 450. There's 450 new coins made every day, and there's billions of dollars chasing after that. So just go, just do the math. You could see that we're gonna, they're gonna pump the shit out of this price. And you know, I don't hear none of this cap stuff or this crap. No, they're gonna pump this old bitch as high as they can pump it up. And you know what? If you had told me in 1997. When, when, when Amazon was $17, if you told me it was going to be $3,300 20 years later, I would have never believed it. Just the way right now, people are telling you, you know, Bitcoin's probably going to be over 100000 200000 300000 Nobody's going to believe it. But the reality is somewhere way down the road, it certainly can happen. I never say never. I've lived long enough to know that if you're saying never, death, then you just don't know how the world works. Andrew Castle, any closing comments? Uh, you're muted, Andrew. No. John is totally right. And what I like the most is when he's pumping. I agree. And you know what? We could use that pump right now, Johnny Crypto. But we're going to talk about this to close out the show because I, I brought this article up on Tuesday and I provided some user data that David Schwartz gave a feedback on. So I'm going to break this thing down. And hopefully you're going to support your man through this thing because I feel like I'm on the right side of this argument. But I know that you're going to provide a dose of reality here, guys. Here we go. I put out Ripple is heavily dumpling XRP. In December of 2023, Ripple's net sales reached 237 million units of XRP, equaling about $142 million. This was three times the average monthly sales, according to the statistic that I was presented. Considering Ripple's historical patterns, a significant buyback is anticipated soon, and any extended period without a buyback would be cause for concern, typically eight to 10 weeks. Now, I think that's very biased. Not only did I say that they were selling, I said I'm anticipating a buyback in the next two months. Well, David Schwartz took the time to respond yesterday, and he hit me with the hardball. So let's go through what he had to say, and then I'll give a response and kick it to Johnny. He said, this is inaccurate. So 
Keep in mind, he called this inaccurate. Not sure where you're pulling this 3X data from, but the next XRP markets report, which is coming out in a few weeks, will again include Ripple's aggregate holdings of XRP over the quarter. You'll see the changes in our holdings from the beginning to the end of the quarter due to transfers, grants, sales, and et cetera. No surprises. The numbers are similar to previous quarters. We have always tried, very important word, to be transparent about our holdings, even when the transparency has been used against us. And that's in reference to the SEC. David Schwartz, I want to be very clear. I'm on your team. This is good news for me. I am not sad that Ripple is not dumping on the open market. But what I do find interesting here is that he said this was inaccurate. The data I presented was accurate. Now, I'm not sure what exactly he's referring to was inaccurate. The 3x data that I got was from the markets report that I put in this screenshot. Like this is data from the XRPL blockchain. This isn't this isn't even a report published by a company. This is real data off of the XRPL. I highlighted this, the stats. They sold 237 million at an average price of 60 cents. I'm not sure what he's disputing here, but I think the fact that he called it inaccurate from the beginning let the mob know it's open fire on abs yesterday. And so I took some bullets, that's for sure. And they're warranted, guys. If I'm going to put out opinions like this, I got to be able to take the shot. So I'm totally okay with the contrary opinion. I'm just not sure what he found inaccurate. But Johnny, what do you take away from this? We'll go to Andrew. Well, two things come to mind. First of all, you should reply back and ask him what specifically he thinks he thinks is inaccurate. That's what I would do. But number two, he's obviously telling you that your 3X data, whatever you were assuming, when you said 3X, were you referring to the, you're saying the 247 was 3x more than they sold the prior quarter? Uh, yeah, average monthly. So not even prior quarter. So on average per month, they're selling about 80 million. And so in December, gotcha. from the statistics that I saw, they sold 237. I did some simple back of the napkin math. That's a 3x. You know what I would look at? I would go back and I would go look at what they did last December and see if it's what maybe what he's referring to. I don't know if you have the December data, if you can compare December to December. Remember, December is a tax harvesting month. Lots of things happen differently in December. I would go look at that. But I wonder if what he's trying to say to you is, hey, it's no different because we're not really. I think maybe what he's saying when he says this is inaccurate and you have to ask him, but maybe he means that they're not dumping. It's these other things that are occurring, the transfers, the grants. In the sales that normally have maybe some other things are happening. So I don't know if he took offense to the word dumping or if he's saying your 3X number is wrong because if you look at last December, we did the same thing. I don't know. You got to ask him. But nonetheless, you obviously got his <laughs> you obviously got his attention in the rest of the XRP community. And you know, there's nothing wrong with reporting data if as long as you, you know the data to be correct. If the data is not correct. Well, then maybe he's targeting the data itself. I don't know. You know, you're going to have to follow up with him and see if he replies back. And one quick thought here is that this this is an impactful storyline because it's we're talking about does this impact XRP's price, right? We know for a fact because the data is on the blockchain that they sold 240 million units of XRP. Now we can debate whether that affects the price. And I think that's worth having a conversation about. But David Schwartz is clearly stating that I am incorrect about the dumping three times the average value there must be something going on here that I don't understand. Well, maybe it could, it could be that maybe he has an uh, That's why I'm saying one of the things is he may have an argument with the data itself. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I just told you this earlier in the show. Anybody could take any set of data and make it say anything they want. Okay. I've seen it happen in, in my career as people taking data and manipulating it to do whatever they want it to say. So the reality is it could be just that he has, yeah, there you go. There's a perfect example, right? Through the XL XRP. So anybody right. can do anything. So who knows? Maybe the data set is the issue 
and that he has has a hard time with. Maybe somebody manipulated it and maybe someone made a mistake. Who freaking knows? To be honest with you, who freaking cares? <laughs> I don't care if you want to know the truth. Because all I know is I look at the price and it's still at 62 cents. It's a, it's, it's a stable coin right now. But it's okay because I understand it's real world solving solution. I understand what it takes for technology to get adopted in the real world and to be used. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a long time. These guys are Ripple is planting seeds all around the world to get their solutions and their technologies out there. We know banks and customers out there are trying it. Some might have already even adopted and started using it, but it's too early yet, right? It's early still in, in its thing. But let it go. Let them do what they're going to do. Let them as a company grow. Let them plant the technology and let's see what happens two, three, four, five years from now. You know, the problem is everybody wants to get rich quick over, over Ripple. Everybody thinks it's going to $10,000 because that was the narrative. And when I got in this thing in 2000, uh, 2021 apps, I remember you and I were talking about this. There was talk all over the place that this thing was going to 10,000. And there was narratives and math out there saying, oh, look, see, to, to service the world, you need 10,000 times this, the one hundred billion gives you this uh, two, one, two trillion, ten trillion dollars to cover. And then that, all that was out there. And so everybody believed it. And I think a lot of people got into XRP thinking that, thinking that this thing was going to be a $10,000 coin. And that's why everybody's pissed off that it's 63 cents. And the reality is I never got into this thing thinking it. I don't expect levels anywhere near that, but I do expect to see it someday do a 10 or 20 X, maybe even higher. And that's fine. I will be prepared because I have an exit plan abs. I ain't selling everything. And these articles are important too, Andrew. We're seeing not only is XRP being included in conversations on Bloomberg, they were added into Grayscale's digital large cap fund starting on January 4th. So, these articles, it's more about the nuance of the conversation, right? We're just trying to get to the bottom of it. If XRP, sorry, if Ripple was dumping XRP at a rate where it was affecting the price, I think it's our job to report it. And if they're not, then they have nothing to worry about and they can clearly dispel the rumors. So it's a win-win either way, but I want to hear your thoughts and we'll close it out here. Yeah, um, I'm not sure who is manipulating. Is it manipulated or not? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I can't tell you. Um, I, I, I trust that that Ripple is, is is not manipulating the price. Something else or some somebody else is manipulating it. I don't know, but I agree with Johnny. You know, I also am in in XRP since I think 2019 or so. So I have a very low price. I saw my 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 XRP go up and down and up and down. I'll just hold it. But I also own Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, other Bitcoins. So I don't care. It is just one of my plays, and uh, 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 there is a lot of volatility. There is a lot of fun in the market at this moment. So don't care too much about these articles. It is uh, a lot of rumors, and it or enjoy it. Enjoy the fun of it. You know, enjoy our show because we have a lot to talk about. Absolutely, guys. And we already got 630 people here. We're going to pull up the live chat data that we asked our YouTube channel today because today we asked our listeners what was their 2024 peak price prediction for Bitcoin based off this ETF news. And we kept the data right here in front of us, Johnny. 30% of our users believe we are not going to break all time high for Bitcoin, but 50% believe we're going to see between 70 and 120,000. That means 80% of our users think Bitcoin will not pass 120K this year. We also got 13% believing we're going to be under 200K and 7% thinking we're passing 200,000 this year. We got some optimists in the room as well, Johnny Crypto. But I thought that was pretty funny, a pretty good way to close out the show. What's your take 30 seconds here? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you know, for me, I look at it as I'm kind of curious to see where they actually take BTC. I don't know where this thing is going to go. I just know now 
They've unlocked the liquidity, and we're going to see for the first time ever what it's like when the whole world can actually play into the space and how high they can take it. And they're going to take it as high as they can get it. I promise you. BlackRock bought Bitcoin at 15000 They bought all the miners at, you know, at a discount price. And so now, or a good chunk of them. So now you think BlackRock bought this so they can hold it at 55,000? <laughs> you got really? A really? Day is you coming, think BlackRock wants a 2X? Come on, guys. Wake up. Get ready to pump. That being said, get ready for the pump, guys. We got 617 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thank you for being here on this Thursday. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. Next week, we have the bearable 